Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Thin White Duke. One Ziggy Stardust. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 171. Happy David Bowie's birthday to you. Happy David Bowie's birthday to you as well. Mm. He would have been 70 years old. Yeah. If he was born even earlier, he would have been more as long as we're granting wishes i I can't argue with that (laughs) can we get like 45 year old david bowie back if we're granting wishes yeah just watch videos okay all right what do you want 45 david 45 year old david bowie to live with you like in your basement like he's 11 he has what you know brain powers (laughs) and then there's monsters i'm lost you don't uh, you don't want to read this uh, this David Bowie X uh, Stranger Things fan fiction that I wrote you, just now. Be careful, they might be listening. <laughs> you get season two. <laughs> We're gonna get CGI Bowie <laughs> appearing. Mm, that's exactly what we need. So it's like that's what Venture Brothers was. They're just gonna do it with like a weirder soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> So, so here we're going to talk about some comic books. Yeah. Hey, handsome minds out there. How are you guys doing out there? We're we're done arguing about uh, David Bowie alter egos for now, at least. For now. For now. We're gonna we're reading we're we're reading we're discussing Diesel colon ignition by Tyson Hess in Nerd Boy Book Club. I think it's perfectly okay to just say we're reading. Well, I know, but that's I... that's my that's that's my two cents on that. You you feel like it's so important. It's technically correct. I, uh, I, it's like I know what you're going to say long before you say it. <laughs> I know. I can, before long, I'm going to record both parts of this. You can take a couple of weeks off. Just let me know ahead of time. But we'll we'll be reading that later. It hurts me to say that. I can't to, to say it with. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Oh God, <laughs> I know it is. But before we get there, we'll uh read we'll we'll, we'll read some books that came out this week. <laughs> It's time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will, will uh, review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There's a mush meter involved. goes from one to five, depending if we're feeling mushy. Our first book is The Fall and Rise of Captain Adam, number one, written by Carrie Bates, co-plotter Greg Weissman, art Will Conrad, colorist Ivan Nunez, letters Saeda Temofonte. What do you think? I feel like it starts off pretty strong and gets kind of dumb pretty quick. It's a, it feels weird to me. Yeah, I, I think that's because it's not really that great, and it uh, it's it, it's still trying to wow you and make you feel like oh, it's so much like a big like science fiction movie. I I don't know. I thought it was I thought it had a nice hook. Mm-hmm. And then just immediately starts becoming like a 
fairly bad superhero comic, a fairly forgettable one. Yeah, as soon as the Justice League appeared, I was I like, I would say right, I would say pretty much right before that, like the whole ship, like saving the boat thing was yeah. kind of dumb, and like it's that they try and science it up, but he's turning the water to jello. Mm-hmm. Like, why would uh, tr- stop? Tr- you don't have to try and make that smarter. Yeah, hey, it turn it's, it it's into dumb. jello. I'm turning this. I'm turning the water into jello so they don't get killed. Yeah, you, your 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 thesaurus is not going to make you smarter. But then it seems like it's going in a direction. This entire comic, like, hey, it's about this guy, and he hates his he hates his existence because he's constantly trying to fight his powers and fight off killing other people. Mm-hmm. And then he dies. But then he's in 1994 at the end. So he isn't okay. I did not. It's written on a newspaper in the very small corner. Um, you would think they make it more obvious because it's really not. I, I You're was too smart for this comic uh, book. I, you said it. Uh, I, I, I think. It, how do you like Keith David as the general? It's definitely Keith David. I had his. I, I had his voice from the Rick and Morty episode he was in. I, I mean, he always sounds like that. But mm-hmm. I, I, I was in my head. He was doing the the slightly goofy version of the Keith David voice uh, as this guy, which made me enjoy it a little bit more. But it's still like really, um, I don't know, not great. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't say it's like aggressively bad or anything. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like average. It feels like it was overwritten to me. It feels like it. there's too much dialogue. It feels like there's too much kind of trying to maneuver around the plot when you could make it. Like, if you want him ending up in 1994 after he accidentally kills people, there's a lot of ways to do that without adding in all this extra. Like, having the Justice... Why are the Justice League in this comic? Because people that read DC stuff like to see... Justice League cameo and everything, and that's that's kind of all DC has a lot of times. I, I'm a. I, I, how, what do you think about the art? Um, it it looks nice, but I think it's very overworked and very like, oh hey, this comic looks like a movie. I I'm I'm well past over it. Um, it is nicely drawn it's i don't know it it it, it, everything about it is not just the art but everything about it just seems to be trying too hard it seems overproduced yeah i think that's exactly what i'd say like the color the color is very strong but overproduced is a excellent word for that as well as the drawing and i think I don't know. There's like a lack of confidence in in the writing. You know, you say like a billion word bubbles and mm-hmm. like uh, over describing things and using big words to explain simple ideas. It feels patronizing and bad and not, not just 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 not it, it, an amazing comic. And it doesn't feel like it fits this what it's going for. It feels this is definitely more of a like a science fiction idea. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a definitely like, hey, superheroes punching stuff idea. It feels, it feels like it's sim- simpler than that. If, like, it feels more like human. You know, it feels like this guy is, it, I mean, the plot feels like it would come out of a Marvel comic. It is like, hey, this, this man has been burdened with these awful powers. Mm-hmm. 
but it doesn't read like that. It, it, it reads like a superhero comic. And I don't think it, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm a do not buy. Yeah. No, I, I 100% am. I have, there's no doubt in my mind about it. Like, it's not aggressively bad or anything, but like, yeah, it's, it is, I think it is aggressively not good. Yeah. I think that's fair. Mm hmm. I, I have, read worse comics i have seen worse artists and i've seen worse colorists that just kind of feel like maybe everyone involved might need to mature a little bit more and scale it learn when and how to scale it back a little bit um but yeah not not great that's a double do not buy on the the fall and rise of captain adam number one our next book is JLA Rebirth, The Atom, number one, written by Steve Orlando, art by Andy McDonald, colors John Rausch, letters Clayton Cow. Clayton Cowles, plural. I, I didn't know what to expect from this. Mm-hmm. But by the end, I was on board. I enjoy it. It, um. I don't think it's perfect. Yeah. But I was gonna say, I think despite myself, I have, I have been like, uh, it, it's charm got to me even with mm-hmm. like even me like my kind of like oh the, like the, like there's some tropey stuff in here like the, like especially the nerdy kind of like insecure guy but i i still it still got to me and it has a lot of story in it it's this is a this is a lot of story in this one comic book yeah it, well it's it does a good job i think steve orlando is uh you know news flash he's a good comic book writer um, I do kind of think this is the worst thing I've read by him. He's it's the worst thing by someone who I've enjoyed everything he's written. If that makes sense. What would you no. say? What no? What would you say? It's are its weaknesses. <sighs> That's tough because it's it's hard for me to really nail down what it is I don't like about it. Um, I don't know. It it's it, it's not bad. And I, something about it just gets stuck in my craw. And I think maybe it's, it's what you're talking about. You know, it's like the, the pathetic lonely guy and it just, it feels maybe inauthentic. I don't know. Maybe too generic, this character. I, I think um, that I like use the word generic. I think that is, he doesn't have, you know, like there's not a lot of, I, I think on the, the other, like the other side of this, the, the, the sword of like, Hey, there's a lot of story in this is that mm-hmm. because it covers so much, like this is, it takes place over years. Like they, they do a year jump in the middle of this comic and you don't, you get to see him, like you get to see this character kind of like grow a little bit. You know, he gets more confidence because he's helping, uh, mm-hmm. Ray Palmer, you know, do all this research and he's, you know, obviously very smart, but. It's, you're not getting like unique character stuff. It's, it's very broad. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, it's, I com- have complained a lot about these rebirth issues and nothing happening. Nothing happening. And this is the complete opposite. Yeah. And I think I'm just like, finally, stuff happens. You know, like we, like this feels like it's meaty. When mm-hmm. a lot of these rebirth issues have been felt like nothing, like it's just like a, yeah. like a, whew. and like why did I buy this? Why did I read it? it? Told me nothing. This at least communicated like 
exactly where this character came from, where they are now, what's the stakes, what are, what are, you know, what's at stake here? We, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it got me engaged with this new brand that I had no expectations about. And I think that was kind of enough. And I, I don't know. It's, I certainly Steve Orlando is talented and I expect this, this being a rebirth issue. I expect, you know, the following ones to definitely probably they'll probably depart from this a little bit and be probably mm-hmm. more focused than yeah. this one was but i think i kind of feel like this feels like the first draft of what would have become a truly excellent uh steve orlando comic like i kind of feel like it should have started more towards the end of this this issue and we should have seen more of this background stuff later i'm curious like yeah i'm curious how much of that like he's you know you know he's chinese like how much of that ends up being important Mm -hmm. well i think it's just probably important to maybe trying to appeal to new readers um i mean they did the same thing with uh what do they call that new Superman comic? I don't even it is, recall. It is literally called New Superman. <laughs> that's what I thought. I was going to call it all New Superman, but that's what they've been calling Marvel books, Marvel yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it's it's new all Superman. <laughs> uh, I like how it looks. It uh, it the art is not terrible. Um, no, it's a good serviceable book. Um, it feels plucky, and I think that is like. This character is, like, plucky, so Mm -hmm. I I feel like it matches. I also find it incredibly silly that a professor would do anything with an undergraduate. Like, it seems really, really just implausible. I mean, I guess that's the whole idea, but it's... I I don't know. I, I would believe that a man could shrink down to be microscopic before I believe that a professor is going to to notice to an undergrad do, well not just a well maybe notice an undergrad but to uh to do to put his name on work with an undergrad like that well he's that smart eric he's just he's that brilliant i know that's that's the whole the whole gimmick of that but it's uh it feels heavy-handed it's a little bit uh a little bit silly but whatever, it's, that's a really stupid sticking point in a in a comic book where he shrinks down and fights a pistol shrimp or whatever <laughs> the shit it is. It is a pistol shrimp. Yeah, a fucking pistol shrimp. I I, I I'm I I'm fairly confident that the most of the rest of the book will not be re- like delving into academia. So I can't, I'm just... I think the more we gloss over that, the better. <laughs> I would have, I don't know, I w- if it were me, I would have made him a graduate student and started a little bit later in his life. But who the fuck cares? This is still a pretty good comic from a writer that I like, and I'm more interested in seeing where it goes rather than this one issue. And this one's not wretched. Are you, so, are you mushy by? You, that's where you are? Maybe just like one to, I mean, half, if that. I mean, it's not tremendous. I just sort of look at it and think, hmm. I think I just expect a lot from uh, Steve Orlando. Well, he's kind of in charge of all these JLA books. 
like, there's three more coming. Yeah. In this vein, and he's kind of he's this is only when he writes. I think he co-writes and or kind of like you know, not really edits, but like team leader. I don't I don't I don't, I don't know how they uh, actually phrase it, but we'll we'll mm-hmm. see how they go. Um, I'm a I'm a buy. I'm a straight up buy. I I I I enjoyed this book. Uh, so you're a one. Yeah. I'm 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 a buy with the yeah. Okay, so double buy on the Adam Rebirth number one. Uh, we'll go with a point meh on yeah, the mush meter. That sounds about right. Our next book up is Batman 14. Uh, script by Tom King, Mitch Gerads on pencils, inks, and colors, Clayton Cows on letters. Uh, the Sheriff of Babylon team doing a Batman comic. Somebody's, somebody's gotta teach us how it's done. This is the two issue Catwoman kind of batman catwoman story yes it is yeah where we get a little bit of a break from the <laughs> naked bane yeah <laughs> naked bane storyline i don't think we read um no those... this is 14 we didn't read 13 so i went back and read it mm-hmm. um just because i didn't get to see that arc end I, I did read it yes i read it as well it was in our break yeah. we didn't really get a I, chance i figured that you did read it it came out in the you know because this comes out ten times a day. <laughs> there's there are there's three hundred issues of Batman a month. Yeah, I mean, what else are they gonna do? You you like this one, Eric? Um, it feels good, you know, but like I think I just don't like Batman. <laughs> like I I I think that like I I don't think T- Tom King's doing a bad job. But it it kind of feels like he's writing an assignment. Like, there's not a lot of passion here. Like, I feel like... I mean, and I'm willing to give Tom King some time to really figure out what he's doing. Like, he's probably just still warming up. Although he did... He, he started very strong with the Gotham storyline. I think that... I feel like I Am Suicide is, was kind of... Meh. I feel like this is... It's... It's... It's serviceable, you know. It's it's worth reading, but it's not amazing. Um, I'm I'm just hoping that there's some compelling stuff coming up. Like I do think the whole Catwoman murders thing uh, is that that's interesting. That's remaining interesting. This is I don't know everything in it. I I like things that happen, but it's also feels reserved like it's a lot of fluff i think that i don't know i think that i will i've liked his batman comics so far but it is not because mm-hmm. of how he writes i mean he writes he writes batman fine i just don't batman is not the most interesting character in, in any of these comics to me right it, it like and batman just isn't an interesting yeah character like, like gotham and gotham girl they were really interesting to me gotham girl in the yes. end was very especially interesting to me i uh, catwoman like her arc in the, the, the I am suicide and, and in this is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman is like the straight man. I th- I feel like that is what he is. Uh, you know, it, I would say that that is boring, but all the times like recently, like all those Grant Morrison comics and the Scott Snyder comics where Batman goes, undergoes transformations. Like I thoroughly don't enjoy them. Mm. Like I, 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 th- I can appreciate like those attempts at doing something different with Batman, 
but as soon as they, you know, Batman quote unquote died and then immediately came back, that was immediately like, I'm okay. Like if they had kept Batman dead for a while, Bruce Wayne dead for a while, and then it happened again under Scott Snyder. So I don't like it. That is thoroughly uninteresting to me. Uh, I'm like Batman books, quote unquote, that are not really about him. that are about all these side characters are more interesting to me. And I, that's why I'm reading these. I think I mm. I like the, I like his Tom King bringing up these weird old villains from like the golden yeah. age of Batman, like bringing them back and using them, even if they're for like little thrown off situations, like this one is in this book. Whimpering the words, kite man. Yeah, kite man. Kite man. Kite man. Uh, so I don't know. I really I really like Gerard's art in this. Mm. Uh, I like it. I like it because it's a big change of pace from what we've been seeing. You know. Yeah. It, it it definitely immediately sets like a shift in tone that this book is mm-hmm. definitely more is slower kind of methodical than the one like I am suicide or uh, uh God, I am Gotham was um but I again I'm I don't know like I feel I don't know what a typical Batman reader is looking for mm. do they just want Batman doing cool stuff I think so okay well I mean I, that happens I feel Batman is the 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 basic bitch of the comics world. <laughs> it's truly, truly frustrating. I, I'm a buy. I don't know. I'm a buy it, in this it's... comic. I've I'm subscribed to Tom King's Batman. I I so I'm I'm we I am literally buying them every time they yes. come out. Well, are I mean are you, you you did you buy it for bat sex? No, I bought it for I want Catwoman to tell me what the hell I want to know what the hell's going on with her murder and two hundred plus people. Uh, so you didn't you didn't buy it for Gorilla Boss and Werewolf. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised when I when I got Gorilla Boss and Werewolf in brief appearances. Condiment King, Condiment King is pretty good too. I that's a terrible. That's really yeah. Good. But are you where, where are you, Eric? I think this is the single. I don't want to say worst one. Because it's not, it's still not bad, but I don't know. I I want Tom King to do better, and it's not, it's not quite poisoning the well for me yet. I'll I'm gonna give another completely non-committal uh, one on the mush meter, and go ahead and say, yeah, go ahead and give Tom King your money, give him a big kiss on the cheek, oh, because he's Tom King, Tom the King of my heart. <laughs> So that's a double buy on Batman number 14, the mush meter of 0.5. Our next book up is The Unstoppable Wasp, number one, written by Jeremy Whitley, Art Elsa Charretier, I guess. Colors, Megan Wilson, letters, Joe Hermania. I don't, I, I think, I don't know what this comic is. I think it's not for me. I don't think this is books. It's certainly not targeted at me. I like it well enough, but I feel like, I can clearly see that this is not intended for me. Mm. I like it for what it is, but it does. It kind of, to me, it reads like a bad fan fiction where someone writes themselves as Hank Pym's daughter. I mean, it'd be a really weird choice, but like, I don't know. This character is. It, it's a little odd to me. I, I like. There's part of part. Of, yeah, Naja Pym. Mm-hmm. It's the is. The Unstoppable Wasp. Mm-hmm. And there's parts of this that I think are really neat. Yeah. And then there are other parts where it felt like Rocky and Bullwinkle. I felt like mm-hmm. I was reading a Rocky and Bullwinkle comic. It, to, to me, it's... 
moose and squirrel. I don't know about that, but it does, it, it, it feels, I don't know, we're firmly in this unbeatable squirrel girl era, and this is what they're going to try and do is let's do a bunch of silly, fun comics for everyone. This one is obviously aimed at uh, young girls. Mm-hmm. Um, what with the, the heavy-handed speech about how um, we need to find girl geniuses mm-hmm. at the end, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, of course, it's a good thing, but it it's like... Let, let's let's just stop the comic book and put in a whole page of uh, clunky author appeal, you know, in this this story that is. Uh... Oh God! If I had a seven year old daughter, I would def- mm-hmm. I would buy this for her. I think it's a little too wordy for a seven year old. My seven year old. Is... If she's my daughter, she's very smart. She can handle it. I I disagree. Well, maybe it's. It would be if it's if it's Kim's daughter, it would be smart. Well, that's but what I mean. A, a, a regular twelve-year-old. I'm assuming that I'm I'm going to assume that your DNA is going to bring it back down to average <laughs> intelligence. Hey, I'm a smart guy. Yeah, you're a fart smeller, aren't you? That's not what I said. This book is good, but is also heavy-handed and corny and clunky, and is not as good as all the things that it wants to be all the things that it's I don't want to say bite on but the things that it's made in its image. I mean you can clear, certainly see the like squirrel girl stuff in this. Mm-hmm. It is clear mm-hmm. clear lineage like yeah. oh wow, people like squirrel girl a lot and now that they're selling in scholastic book fairs, they're selling squirrel girl, I assume this book will be right next to it. Uh, it's I don't know, comics needs I think less people saying, I want to do that too, and more people just confidently doing something that is different. I, I mean, I don't know. We've, we definitely had a pretty good run of weird and interesting stuff inspired by Hawkeye, and that's led to a bunch of weird and interesting stuff, but I don't know. This is possibly one to watch. It, this has been a weird week of comics. Are you? I, I'm, I'm a buy with a mush meter of three. I think that's not a bad number. I will, I will, uh, I will match you on that and call. All in. Okay. I fold. Do not buy. Is <laughs> <laughs> that, that how that works? I've sure. never. I never. I was bluffing. I never tried to call your bluff before, so I guess. <laughs> I didn't think you'd bet all your comics. <laughs> uh, that's a double buy on the Unstoppable Wasp number one with a moisture meter of three. Final, our final book of the week is Nova, number two, written by Jeff Loveness and Ramon Perez. Art, Ramon Perez. Colors, Ian Herring. Letters, Comic Crafts, Albert Deschain. Hmm. Uh, continuing adventures of Sam Alexander meeting and dealing with the return of Richard Ryder. And Richard Ryder kind of dealing with what has happened to the Marvel Universe since he left. I thoroughly enjoy this comic book. This you know, this book is great. This book makes me happy. I've missed Richard Ryder. I did not realize how much I've missed Richard Ryder. I was I really I liked all that space stuff that he talks about in this like, yeah, you remember when you know the annihilation wave came through and we almost all died? You know all that mm-hmm. stuff and, and he's like Sam's like no. 
I don't remember any. And like, there's definitely like meta commentary on like the short memories of comic books. Yeah. And like, hey, you know, we already forgot the fact that, yeah, remember all those guys that like fought off annihilation waves while people, while there was civil war going on in Earth and all that. And now there's another civil war and Miss Marvel and Spider-Man are different people. And now Vision has a daughter. It's, you know, like, it, it's really fun. I really like it. I, I like the, uh, the Brock Sampson sort of mentoring mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a jean jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ride my motorcycle. It looks like a Nova helmet. <laughs> and the return of, return of the Cos, cosmonaut Cosmo dog, dog, the that dog, that dog's amazing. I love Cosmo. He's the best. I've, I've never seen this dog before. Oh man. We need to re- go back and read the old Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Annihilation comics because he's uh, he's a, a good side character in those as well. He's a he's a cosmonaut dog that got sent out into space and got mind reading powers. I, and... I I I got that. Yeah, having looked at him. And <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple. It's I, I, I all the pieces are right there. <laughs> I figured it out pretty easy. And the alien bar saluting Rich Rider man. I like mm-hmm. it, and the art's really, really good. I, I, really... I, he doesn't draw the, he does not draw the kids well. Mm, Everything think, else looks really good. I think he draws Sam as long as he has the helmet on. It looks, he yeah, looks like no, a child. He looks awesome as uh, uh, with the helmet on. With it off, he looks pretty bad. This, is this big, awkward, square head. Children are child. A lot of. It seems like that is a recurring. Children are hard to draw, like so they look like children, and not like yeah. adults that are small. It's a thing that I don't know. It's a weird thing to practice, and people need to, I think. And I that dog looks weird in a spacesuit. I mean, I wonder if they put dogs in spacesuits before. I they probably did, of a sort at least. Yeah. When they send them you, up, you're not gonna. Put a dog on a. You're not going to take a dog for a spacewalk. He'd probably get really excited. I know. You. He wants to. He's. He sees a ball. He has to go get it. Yeah. But the ball's earth. <laughs> be, he'll be moving a really long time. <laughs> yeah. That'd scare the shit out of a poor dog. Putting him in a spacewalk. No, but this this comic's great. I'm a buy. Yes. I'd, yeah. Buy this comic. Don't take your dog on spacewalks. Unless you're definitely prepared for it. Mm-hmm. If your dog is psychic and speaks Russian and reads War and Peace in Russian, mm-hmm. and, it, he, and he thinks it's pretty good, I think War and yeah. Peace is, is it, War and Peace is pretty good. That's your. It's uh, my official opinion. <laughs> your official opinion. Most of Tolstoy's pretty good. Maybe not be so long. I think that's my main. Hey, maybe not write fourteen hundred pages. Uh, it's from another era where people really wanted. They needed things to do. Bang for their buck. Yeah. I I own two books. They're both for over a thousand pages. So that's a double I on Nova. Number two. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Uh, things we want to recommend. Music, video games, art of all kinds. What you been doing, Eric? <laughs> Caught up with my old friend Pat Oswalt. You did his newest album. Yeah, let me see what it's called. It's available on the Spotify. If you did not know that, do, 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 do. it's been very boring and sad. I will say 
No, I just it it's been out for several years at this point. Tragedy plus comedy equals time. Ah, okay, yeah. He also to that one. does have I, I I I've just kind of been mindlessly consuming media because I'm working very hard and it's stressing me out tremendously. So I uh, have basically listened to all of his albums. So he has that one, and he has Talking for Clapping on Netflix, which is also very good. And I think it's got... That's the newest one, I think, right? Talking for Clapping? I want to say it is the newest thing that he's done, and yeah. it uh, it has some of the material that we saw at the live show. Um, in Tampa. What was that? That was, in, that was at the Strath Center we went to see him? Yes. Yeah. One of the things that's that's very interesting is I went back and listened to stuff, and it, I don't really think about you know the fact that I'm 35 years old. Mm-hmm. Listening to Patton Oswalt makes me feel old as shit. Yeah, definitely. Like I hear him like talking about George Bush stuff, and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I remember when this was relevant. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, that, it feels weird that I have spent so much of my life with Mr. Oswalt. I feel like I, I have kind of not been interested in his thing for quite some time, and I feel like I have kind of missed his voice. That listening to these old albums, I, I, I really do enjoy his comedy, and it, I, I had missed it, and I think, uh, I don't know. Certainly the next four years, we're going to need a lot of assholes just like him. I think maybe that's what's gotten me thinking about uh, thinking about this gentleman. That's about all I got. I just want to hear about uh, about uh, the love of my life, Henry Rollins. I was going to say, like, you mentioning someone, an asshole like that, you need for the next four years. <laughs> I was going to say... <laughs> Henry Rollins fits that bill yeah. as well, and he, he he certainly does. It was we saw him on Friday night, and uh, it spoke his spoken word stuff. Uh, have you seen him live doing spoken word before? I've not. It's not a thing that's ever occurred to me that I could do. It. I honestly, I was just like going through like the Facebook upcoming events in my area. And it's like, hey, this Friday, Pat, uh, not Pat Oswalt, Henry Rollins is going to be here. I'm like, in Edmonton. Hey, the... and, and there's tickets. All right. I guess I'm going to go see Henry Rollins. I've never done that. Uh, That's my favorite thing about Facebook. I feel like I would, I could see myself getting frustrated with Facebook and just never using it again if it didn't have the events. Like that is easily the best thing. That is the best way to find out what's happening in my community. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I, that's, and like tickets are pretty cheap. And, uh, I've never seen him live doing his like spoken word stuff. I've seen him do, I've seen recordings of it multiple times, like different sets he's done over the years. He said like during his set, he said he's probably done like 3,500 of these things. Oh, wow. Which is insane. Uh, that is pretty nuts. I mean, he's been, he's, this tour started in the beginning of 2016. So he's been touring for over a year doing for in, in this run. Uh, and since one of his final stops, you think he's only doing for another, like another week and then he's gone. But I like, he talked for two and a half hours at super rapid speed. Like, he's, uh, he's got the words in him, huh? Yeah. He, there was no shortage of thoughts 
uh, it just was, it just poured out of him over those two and a half hours. It was really good. He's, I mean, I don't, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but he's mm. a very smart fella who's like continues to be, uh, like smart and, and, and funny and inspiring in a lot of ways. Uh, as like a dude who, you know, you grow up with him being like this punk rock guy and then like he all through his different musical phases and stuff like that. And then suddenly he's more of like just a social commentator now. And, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned the next four years, there was a, like he started, like it was in Canada, the show's in Edmonton. So he's obviously not going to talk about American politics for the entire time. Uh, but he did start off the show. He's like, yeah, I, I I'm just going to talk about it now and then I'll move on. I know you guys probably, but he's like, you are our neighbors. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, he talks about that, but you know, the, and he told like, if it seemed like if anything was like the thesis of his talking was one, uh, stories about all the, the, <laughs> the beautiful dead, the beautiful dead rock stars we lost in 2016, uh, which he told us he, he had as a David Bowie story. He told that. Uh, he told his, he, he, he was close friends with Lemmy. So he told multiple amazing stories about Lemmy with that's, his, that's magnificent with his really great Lemmy, uh, impersonation. Uh, I've never, I've never heard it. It's, I mean, I can't do it. It's like, oh, yeah, just, you know, that <laughs> horse yelling and the, the, the story about Lemmy, he's cause Lemmy collected, Lemmy lived in like a, apparently lived in this tiny apartment that was stacked up to like your chest everywhere you walked. And it was just everything he's accumulated in his adult life is just in this tiny, tiny space. And he loved uh, World War II memorabilia. <laughs> so he had a whole bunch of that everywhere. And one time, apparently Henry just walked into his apartment and Lemmy just ran up to him with this gigantic curved knife that was like a hundred years old. And Henry's like, what? What? Uh, don't, don't, pl please don't hurt me. And uh, Lemmy's like, I want you to have this. You're my friend. <laughs> and he gave him this knife, <laughs> this hundred year old Moroccan knife. Uh, and like that, I mean, it, like, it, it's like, and his, when he met Iggy Pop and like all these different things about like him never, like he himself was like an unrepent fanboy when he met his heroes. And he did not act, he was not like, hey, oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate your music. It meant a lot to me. It's always like squealing and like being mm -hmm. shy and not knowing what to do like of, most, like most of us. Well, I mean, of course, this is him describing it. And he yes. always, he, he's always very self-deprecating. He is. He, he made about 50, uh, short jokes on his own, on, for, at his own expense. Mm -hmm. And, he also told a wonderful stories about his adventures with RuPaul and his email exchanges with RuPaul. <laughs> it's really great. Uh, and it's also like other, like it's just general like stories about like, Hey, just try and be a good person. Like, come on. You know, that's it, it for like, I know I, I guarantee he doesn't label his act as comedy because he doesn't want to have to try and be funny. You know, and if he is funny, then that's just a part of it. it but like, people are laughing for like eighty percent of this mm -hmm. of his act. Like, I don't know if he. I'm sure he works on trying to add humor into it because that obviously, you know, it changes up the pace. You don't want just like there's yeah. there was there was serious stuff in there, but 
it's, but it's it's essentially a different genre. I mean, just because someone can be funny when they're telling a story, it's really more about telling a story. It's yeah. I mean, it's a fundamentally different thing from from Patton Oswalt, even though I'm sure he could do it as well. Yeah, there's some com- comedians who are like, I'm a comedian, but I just like tell funny stories. But mm-hmm. you know, Henry Rollins is more of this, like, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, spoken word, whatever that means. You know, storyteller. Uh, and I think the funniest thing he said to me was near the end, it was, you know, near two and a half hours of him being on stage and he had no water Mm -hmm. and he was talking for that entire time really fast. And everyone asks him, why don't you have water on stage? Aren't you dying? (laughs) He's like, are you kidding me? Of course I'm dying. It's the worst. I've been up for two and a half hours. I I need to pee. I need to drink water. I'm dying. But he says he has a phobia that, at an, like an hour and a half in, he's going to want water and finally cave and get a drink. And he's going to turn and grab a water bottle off a stool or something. And then when he turns back, everyone will be gone. He is always um, surprisingly upfront about how insane he is. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like, yeah, that is my fear that I'm going to turn around and everyone's going to take that opportunity to run away. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's great. Any anyone who has the opportunity to go to like that two and a half hours flew by. Uh, he's joking about the end. He's like, "I'm leaving soon. Don't worry." I'm like, "I could sit here for another couple hours." Like this is just, it's just super fascinating. Like hearing him, just hearing him talk. He's like had such a crazy life, and he's so smart and collected. I don't know. Go see Henry Rollins if you get the chance. Cool. I'll yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, I've. I don't know. I played Dishonored 2. I haven't beaten it yet. Mm. I beat Mario 3. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of Mario 3. It's a good game. Yeah, I beat it today. Not as good as Super Mario World. That's a tough call, but I think I agree with you. I think World is better than 3, but... Yeah, World is... uh, They complained a lot about World, that they said that uh, there are a lot of things that they had to rush because they wanted it to be a launch title, and they didn't get to polish things as much as they wanted to. Which is such a crazy thing to say because it is, uh, I mean, still stands the time of as one of the best games ever created. Mm-hmm. I mean, so does so does Mario three. Yeah, all the all the Mario Mario three Mario World, even Mario two, which it's technically a completely different game, but mm-hmm. it's still very good. I don't know. I wouldn't call it great like those. I would call those other three. But, no. Uh, there's it's Nintendo. Like their version of mm-hmm. unpolished is completely different from. Other their, Nintendo is still is a weird company, and yeah. I they you know I I think that has not changed regardless of time. They're still very strange compared to the other video game companies out there. Mm-hmm. Wish they'd stop making hardware and just make great games well, for all platforms. Well, just get yourself an iPhone and you can play some Super Mario. I don't want to get an iPhone. <laughs> We'll just wait for a couple years when they get enough DRM on your Android uh, on that well, app, Android app, and then you can wait. <laughs> then you can buy uh, your Super Mario on your Android. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get that DRM installed. They, you can't play Super Mario on 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 your iPhone without being connected to the internet. Yeah, it's a little gross. Like Nintendo of all companies, that's the reason they say they the 3DS might actually like I think like the 3DS is going to be discontinued, not because they don't want to make 3DS games, because it's been cracked so many times. Mm-hmm. You can basically just put any game on there if you want to. 
Yeah, they're um, Nintendo is so worried about piracy. It's it is they're being worried about piracy. I mean, and all of these software companies are worried about it, but I don't know. It's um, I have I don't I don't know what to say. I I would say that if you make very good games and you uh, price them competitively, you will sell them. People will buy them. You know, the people, most people who are pirates of video games, especially the people who go to such links as to like hacking their machines, their consoles, either or their mobile mobile devices, are the people who are not going to be giving you money. Like you, they would, they would rather, they will find a way, and they've always existed. It's just Mm. become more widespread now because the internet. I mean, it is their IP. They have the right to do what they want with it. But I'm not buying that Super Mario game on my iPhone. That's my stand. Well, I won't buy it for my not an iPhone. Okay, good. Dishonored 2 is a good game. If you like Dishonored, you'll like Dishonored 2. That's my official review of Dishonored 2. I'm only, I'm only vaguely familiar. Uh, I mean, you like the art style. From what I remember, it looked interesting enough. I mean, it was kind of... It's you know. sort of steampunky, but not quite. It's a little, it's a different kind of, it's, everything in the universe uses whale oil for fuel. Mm. Like whale, whale oil, whale, beef yeah. cooked. Yeah, it's, it's, but yeah, it's, it's like thief, you know, it's stealth kind of first person running around trying to avenge stuff. <laughs> it's kind of, the plot is, nonsensical you know but the 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 level design is the cool parts like the level clockwork mansion level i just beat is kind of a lot of people are talking it up because you're like in this giant mansion that you pull different levers and all the rooms reassemble in different ways you have to get yourself Mm. you have to get through this giant mansion that has like mechanical soldiers in it and all kinds of stuff like that just has like a art in an art design way in a level design way that is interesting and intriguing i think that's about it Speaking of steampunk, mm-hmm. we can move on to our final segment. It's diesel punk. Yeah, exactly. We have to we have to find subgenres to describe these things. Mm-hmm. It's tea punk. Yes, of course it is. It is. You don't believe me? Is there a genre below that? I can make something up oh, for you. Okay, good. Thank you. That's all I wanted there's to hear. Ca- there's kerosene punk. Right there, you go. <laughs> There's sweet light crude punk. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, it is time for our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is a part of the show. Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week we're reading Diesel Ignition by Tyson Hess with colors by – color assist by – A lot of people. A lot of people. Mario Cartwright, Matt Erms, Amber Blade Jones, Matt Erms, Marta Laiho. Letters by Jim Campbell. Um, we had read the first issue of this when it was published serially, mm-hmm. and then I think they only released he only they only released four more issues of it, or three more issues. They only went up to issue four, and then I don't know if the, just the sales weren't good enough or whatever, but they kind of went back and just finished a first arc or so and published it as a graphic novel mm. format. It's not it's not a full comic book size though, the physical book. It is an odd size, isn't it? Yeah. It was probably a thing that they did to have to cut costs. I mean, it feels like a nicely done, like, independent produced book. Yeah, it is a boom, boom box. Yeah. The, the you know, the young, young boom imprint. 
probably like preteens, young adults, mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of audience. Um, I think I'd read the first two issues of this. I only remember the first one. But I remember it very clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's your impressions? Um, well, I don't remember liking that first issue a lot. I mean, I remember uh being blown away because uh Tyson Hess is someone I've been following for a long time because he's a superlative cartoonist. It's really beautiful. I think um when I think of cartoonists that I would like to draw like, there's him and then there's Anthony Holden and like that's about it. I I would steal everything that they do. Um but I I didn't like the shape of that first story. Like I thought it was a little heavy-handed, a little clumsy. I mean, I'm not really sure how to describe it, but it's just it's just obvious that it is a little bit of um oh, I'm a main character and I've got to act like kind of a jerk or I've got to be, you know, not good at doing whatever mm-hmm. so I can have an arc. Right. Um and she pretty quickly shifts to something else. I, I don't know. It um, it's it's less bad, I think, in that larger format. But when you're given just a couple of pages of someone and they're an incompetent uh, asshole, eh, I don't know. I mean, it does. It reads so much different, and I think much better like this. And I'm I'm glad that it. Um, I don't know. I'm glad it got published in this format. I think it's 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 better for it, but it's uh, it's sad that it didn't do well as a serialized work. Yeah, month as a monthly series. It is. Uh, it's 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 sad. It's tragic. But I think Tyson has just kind of he's got a lot of talent, but I think probably doesn't have quite the following that a lot of people do that are successful at this kind of thing. It's. I mean. This kind of book, it can be intimidating because it's like, A, it's not like you look at those Avatar books, which I think are going towards a similar audience mm-hmm. and they are, hey, it's Avatar. You know, you know what Avatar is. You know what that world is. This is a completely new world, new everything. And I, I, I don't know the, it's not as approachable, especially when it's being serialized like that. You know, it's, it's not as like, hey, you just, yeah, issue four is out, but you have to like you can't just jump in and understand any like everything about it. And I don't know, but I I really enjoyed the book. Mm. I I I no, it's it's quite good. I think it's it, wonderful. It, it does suffer a little bit from what you're describing with the with Diesel with D D Diesel yeah, her D Diesel. her kind of I don't I I I like it. it the thought came to me like, is it just because I'm like a seasoned reader? And yeah. like that, uh, that kind of that character shape is so familiar to me mm-hmm. that uh, it's obviously I just see it right away. It's laid bare, and so it's kind of yeah. like, oh, I'm just waiting for the turn when you know she becomes heroic and mm-hmm. like you know that kind of thing. Do you know the shape? This ha- this is it, what it's exactly shaped like. Like it's not even shaped like a typical comic story. And I wonder if you noticed this too. But it's shaped exactly like a Final Fantasy game. I mean, I was thinking about JRPGs <laughs> the entire time I was reading this comic. Uh, like, like I was thinking, like I have, I don't, I have never, I've never finished a Final Fantasy game. I've 
That's a so, shame. I know. I I don't know. I I now that I like I I played Chrono Trigger and and like mm-hmm. uh, Secret of Mana and other like JRPGs of that time period. I just never played through a Final Fantasy. Um, Did you beat Chrono Trigger? Yes, I beat Chrono Trigger. Okay, I'm gonna say if you're gonna beat one, that's that's probably the one to beat. I, I never beat- finished Final Fantasy VI. That's well. That's what everyone. That's what everyone talks about. Is like the you know along with Chrono Trigger, like the classics yeah. of the genre. They're like, yeah, those. That's the one. Those are the ones you kind of. Those two are pretty much mm-hmm. in some order are one and two or A and B or however you want to one A one B. Um, I mean, it's all over this book. Mm-hmm. That kind of, you know, like the the jetpacks and the airships and that kind of, you know, it makes me think certainly of of Studio Ghibli. In places yeah. where it, it's 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 definitely it's probably its two biggest um, uh, influences is it's trying to be a Ghibli movie smashed up as a, J, a JRPG, like but ha- in a comic. Yeah, it kind of has you know it has that earnest home homely feeling like those you look at those giant villages and like it looks like hey it's like like a, it cap it's like i don't it's hard to describe like where the the setting and like the mm-hmm. like the time and place because it borrows from so many different like it's like not necessarily electricity but they have engines and like there's power but how when you're not you know like it's not necessarily explained like how technology works in this mm-hmm. um but you know it, like everything's everyone's generally earnest and you know stars in their eyes and yeah broad kind of emotional uh, appeal from all the characters. It, it got me hooked, though. Mm-hmm. The the story, like the it he the world building in this, I think, is the thing. No, that, the world the world building is excellent. The, yeah, the the characters, the world, it's fun, it's cute, and it, I, I I I I like it an awful lot. And the 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 layers of like history and mm-hmm. and interactions between all there's like all these races, and you don't really understand that at first and i think it does really well a good job of giving like m- making d that point of view character and allowing you to like learn as she learns and you know about the world below the clouds and mm-hmm. the what happened to the oh, the bird people they have a name that i can't remember bird people works bird, i know they're bird they're bird people without wings bird person they got their wings taken away um i don't know i'm I, I guess it also does a good job at not making the villains. It makes the it makes the villains realize that they're not like mustache twirlers for the most part. They're, it feels very much like, well, I, yeah, I, I understand why they're so angry, why they're declaring war. That makes perfect sense to me. It reminded me of uh, the Krogans, Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of wide scale genetic alteration of a race. I I really want a little vinyl figure of that robot. <laughs> He's pretty great, isn't he? I of all the characters in this, the character like, designs as well are really like, good. I like the bull guy. I yeah. like all the characters. Yeah, I like all the character designs. They're awesome. No, they're they're all great. I just particularly like the little robot that used to be a music box, but then she mm-hmm. she made it a weird robot. She made it a can't a, talk a, a mute robot because she was annoyed mm-hmm. by the music box. I think it's partially also that because that music probably reminded her of her father. Mm. What do you think about him? The father? Yeah. It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting plot development, isn't it? You know. Yeah. She, that um, 
He's working with the enemy there for whatever mysterious reason. It's pretty, uh, I mean, even in the, the first couple of pages, it's pretty obvious he's a sympathizer for them. Yeah, exactly. You know, like a, you don't necessarily see it when you first open the book, but you get to the end, you go back, you look at that, you're like, I see. It also looks like it doesn't begin with that uh, prologue, and because I'm I'm looking at the original issues, mm-hmm. which which is missing that prologue. Yeah, I, he added that was added in to the mm-hmm. to this this collection. It, it shapes it 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 shapes it better. Yeah, I think it does too. Gives us a little bit more context, um, j- just enough to understand where where the story is. The years later, you know, where mm-hmm. where we're picking it picking it up and not it makes us. I think I think that first issue would have read better with that added on initially because you would have had a little bit more empathy for yes, her, Dee being such a jerk. Yeah, because she's 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 not really a great person. Yeah, she's like, yeah, you're stupid and everyone's gonna die and I, it's me, 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 me. Yeah, and it just doesn't feel great. And it, you know, she's just like. Awkward and funny, so you want to like her, but you, yeah, I think uh, she needs to save the cat moment of you seeing her father die or something, whatever that's all about. Yeah, ripped away from her, whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, it looks like he dies. Yeah, he's gone. She assumes he's dead. I don't know. It it, it has of all like it it shares the similar. We mentioned the world building. It, it has all those sim, similar same similarities of all those of all those books we applaud world building for it has you know Mm -hmm. like it feels lived in and it feels like there's this world that we don't you know not hasn't necessarily been explained to us or been shown us but it feels like it's just outside pages like we could like you could delve into these things and get so much more like what was the world like below the clouds like what what is life like in all these different places what is the what what's the story with this king you know the one who's Mm -hmm. seemingly selfish you know what, what's happening you know we we don't really get a full picture of like everything how politically and socially how it's all set up we only get you know this the small scope of the world that surrounds d but it makes you want to read more because you want more of that world i want to see her brother that looks like an onion with a muppet nose we'll that's get him. what i want to see if there's a sequel we'll probably get onion muppet nose brother that's 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 what the people are crying out for tyson Give us onion Muppet nose, brother. There's also robot legs, brother. Oh, he had robot legs. No, the different Which one had one robot legs. It? Well, no, the I, 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 you said robot legs, brother. He can't be onion nose Muppet robot legs, brother. That's just too much. No, no, a different brother. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see which one has robot legs. I don't see it. It's on the he's gone um, the the big page with the them like in the very beginning. Sad that the dad's gone. No, I I see him. He's in it. He just has long pants on or something. Oh, okay. I get it. Which is unusual. And I don't think they're robot legs. I think it's just regular prosthetic legs. Okay. Gosh. The dad. And how? Why did he grab these kids? That's the I like. Oh, so many questions. Yeah. Why do you adopt a whole bunch of kids for whatever odd reason? It's pretty senseless. Wants to save them. I don't know. And does a bad job of it? Sure. I mean, he adopted them just to orphan them again. It's not really a great thing. Well, they're double orphans now. 
makes them lucky. Also makes her a jerk. That's true. But if you pet her head, you get good luck. So it's, it's probably a break even. You didn't know that's how double orphans work. I did not know that. I'm sorry. I'm un, I'm I'm ignorant in in that regard. Yeah. It's in the Dhammapada. Is there uh, any any revelations about Hess's skill in the in his art throughout this, or just hey, that's, yeah, he's still great. Yeah, he's really very good. I don't know. He's got a little bit more of a following than I thought. It's like twenty four, twenty seven thousand was you know it's impressive but i wonder how much like jason latour has i'm only looking on twitter see how many followers he has whether it's similar it's actually less which is interesting because it seems like this book isn't doing i mean he's writing a lot of other things does a book he does a sonic book it seems to be very popular god people love sonic the hedgehog they really do they are batting it for it I don't understand it whatsoever. I mean, it's fine. I think it's that's fun. It's I think it's fine is my general answer about Sonic in general. Yeah, I think uh, there hasn't been a good Sonic game in a long time. There really hasn't. It's really sad. And even those original Sonic games aren't. I you try and play them again. No, they don't hold up like, like Mario like does. Super Mario World. Yeah, you you play Mario three. You're like, wow, this is still amazing. You play mm-hmm. the original Sonic. You're like, yeah, it's it's all right. Well, Sonic 2 is much better, and Sonic 3 and Sonic 3 and Knuckles, is, they're solid games. I'll stand by those games. Was there any, are there any anything you would critique about his uh, about the, the art in this? Uh, no, he should just throw all of his skill away and give it to me, because that's a thing you can do. Oh, is that a... Yeah, that's that, the, that the, the, the arcane artist transfer, where I behead him and... I I uh, swallow his electric dragon. I may be thinking of Highlander. I don't uh, know. I was gonna say no. I think you're confusing that with Highlander. Yeah. That you only get their life force and their sword fighting abilities. I believe. Uh, well, it's it's art though. Oh. So I uh, then you have to. You use... also you also do it while listening to Queen though. That's that is critical. They're the princes of the universe. Mm, yes. They have Born no rivals. I like this this like eight foot tall chubby couple. Yeah, they're really good too. The invisible ship. There, mm. the guy's name is Mister Fancy or something. <laughs> it what is, was it? It is Mister. Name is Mister Fancy. His name is Mister Fancy. That's amazing. First mate, Mister Fancy. <laughs> he looks like he looks like a like a goofy neckbeard guy with a man bun. It's like this dude's great. <laughs> oh God, that's incredible. It's the best thing. She's like, she's like Fat Tron Bond. It's amazing. Captain Frida. I think it'd be a little dangerous riding around a giant ship that is basically invisible. Mm-hmm. When everyone is in the sky. I don't know. They have um, diesel-powered sonar. <laughs> It'll be looking out for people. That's the, yeah. the I, don't, I wouldn't dig too far into anyhow, any of the technology in this. I know. It's... uh. You're not supposed to think of it. It's just when you get an airship and you're like, oh, man, I got an airship. I'm going to meet Sid. I, I, so I never, You never, never played Final Fantasy. I know. I didn't. You're not qualified to talk about this book, Ty, Tyson Hess's Final Fantasy. <laughs> have, you, have you heard anything about the newest Final Fantasy? Uh, people are talking about it being really fun, and it's making me want to play it. It's... 
no Final airships. Fantasy adventure. Yeah, you're uh, you're on a road trip, driving your, around in your car. Yeah, driving around, broing it up with four boys in black. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in a black car. Yep, yep. Driving past the strip clubs to go to the arcade. I will say that the action in this is. Uh, I was not expecting this the the kind of action that you get near the end. Or she she starts um Be- becomes a basically yeah basically becomes an orbital laser cannon herself yeah, pretty rad yeah she did say early on that she was alert she was uh immune to lightning mm-hmm. I'm like well, that's a weird thing to just say yeah that's I'm curious about the other because you have one brother that's the fire you know the fire kid yeah and then you get her she's a lightning girl you know I'm, that's those other other brothers one of them. Yeah, one of them casts water. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them casts onions. Okay, who's uh, Earth? And then and then one of them summoned onions. Obviously, onions is Earth, though. Yeah, I mean, think about where it grows. Are you are you stupid? Jeez. And then uh, and then you know they summon Bahamut, and that's what happens. I do like, and when they're little kids, it's really cute. Mm-hmm. He. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Well, I mean, we mentioned earlier about how hard it is to draw, draw them little kids. Yeah, it does a a good job. Even a little onion boy. <laughs> yeah, it's all chubby. It's just with a green polo big shirt. Big old noise. Yeah, with a what shirt? Green polo shirt. Got a polo? Isn't that a polo? Sort of like a polo. It's collared. Doesn't look like a collar. It just looks like a t-shirt. You're looking at his fat neck. Yes. Or is it later on? It's, I'm looking I, at the prologue. It's probably later on. Yeah, it's later on. It's not the prologue. It's in I- issue three, beginning of that. Where there's there's children, there's some babies, and the 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 assistant he, he's he's assi- just wearing a button down. Okay, assistant dragon man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, assistant. I need to like, know what the heck is up with all these different animal races, and why need, are the guys with horns like persecuted? I don't understand. When there's a dragon man who's also like an engineer, it's like the Empire in Star Wars that they're just racist. They're Nazis. This this fantasy world is about the Trump presidency. Oh no, I hate it. Who's the? Well, I mean, are they the birds? There's gonna or, be. Who's, there's gonna be. Well, no, they're gonna persecute the birds. But then the birds explode them. Yeah, it's gonna be a, a weird timeline we're about to enter. The birds attack. The, the yeah, the, the birds are gonna attack, and it turns out they've always been here, and we just forgot. End of book one. I I want more of this. I know there needs to be there needs to be more already. I bet it. I bet it's really quick and easy to draw it. <laughs> this doesn't. This doesn't look like it's uh, you know well crafted at all. Doesn't look like they you know have to take their time. No, it 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 it's kind of crazy, honestly. The the the, the intricacy. Mm-hmm. It's very clear. No. Very clear storytelling too. That it's very accessible. Yeah. I I would think like I bet in some form or fashion he's been kicking around a lot of these ideas for a really super long time because this feels like something that started out life. I mean, it is very ambitious, but it feels like it might have even been more ambitious. Like he wanted to put together an indie game or he wanted to, you know, probably something I mean, probably a lot of his life he's been thinking about which is why he's been able to develop it. But it, it does work very well as a comic book. 
the 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 kid character. She's supposed to be like seventeen or eighteen or something. Yeah. But it makes me think of uh, Dragon Ball because they're little little short, stubby people. I I think how they're dressed certainly mm-hmm. adds to that because as soon as they had yeah. that little fashion show segment where they're like both her and the little st- Steerman boy, mm. I forget his yes. name. Uh, as soon as they wore different clothes, I'm like, oh, okay. Now they look like adults. They're dressed like adults now. They're not dressed like children. I guess it's just the mat, like jumpsuits. They make you look like you're a little kid. Mm-hmm. High waisted puffy pants. Yeah, puffy pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of Avatar as well. Oh yeah. I mean, I you could. I was like, I could. You look at a lot of similar recent like books like this like that are similar in scope and in shape Mm -hmm. it shares a lot of similarities with that but i think i'm more it's just i think this one is more i don't know just maybe it's just because it has that fantastical ghibli stuff in it Mm -hmm. that inherently is more interesting to me like i like the fantasy elements i like you know superpowers and you know weird animal races and all that stuff yeah well i think it's an important thing you know for a book like even i mean sir they say that american readers care more about if characters are likable or not but i think almost everyone it's important that you like want to spend time in that world you know i think people have certainly always used reading as an escape but certainly any kind of fantasy fiction science fiction whatever it can't just be a horrible, disgusting world, or I don't know. The things that I like the best are the worlds that I want to explore the most, and this definitely has that. I I think that I I I find this a lot in any kind of art I digest that has this kind of world building element in it, where I if you're not gonna put me in a world that I necessarily enjoy being in. Like you, if you're not, if the world I'm exploring is not necessarily happy or fun or vibrant, Mm -hmm. it needs to have inherent mystery in it to make up for that. I feel like if like it, it, but okay, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I think that that Snowpiercer was a horrible world. Mm -hmm. I hated being in it. It wasn't fun or colorful or anything, and I think that's all it had was mystery. If I think if that ending was better yeah i would feel better but, about that comic mm-hmm. and movie honestly like the yeah. movie is the same place uh i feel like the story is like yeah dystopia but it's only on a train like yeah okay i got it but like the mystery of like if there's something off the train if there's something if there's a, a way to answer that mystery in a way that's compelling i think i would feel stronger about liking that thing but because it's so so dark and so like hopeless i'm like eh, whatever what's the point of this like i i don't i i we've d- they've made tons of dystopian art that ends in a downer ending like you have to if you're gonna do a downer ending you have to really knock it out of the park you know any and that's not even just downer endings that's any endings like dystopian oh yeah dystopian art is like any set those settings have been so done so much so uh done so much it's there's it's hard to be original anymore. So when yeah, you... it's 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 better to just uh, have a goofy world where everyone's flying around and they're all sky pirates. Uh-huh. 
You're sitting on an engine <laughs> casting Fire 3 at, at uh, uh, Coyotes. <laughs> Coyotes. I mean, what other books do you think have, have – do you think if there was any other comics that have tried to have captured that kind of JRPG feeling? Uh, I can't think of any. It's I can't kind either. Of thing that I would I would like to see more of. I think we're probably. I mean, I'm sure there are other books like it. I'm sure there's plenty of manga that mm-hmm. that hits it. But uh, like in Western art in particular, it's. I think you'll see more of it. As, I mean, as the years go off, on, because those people are kind of hitting. Yeah. Their peaks. And, yeah. No. I mean, it's it's the people that are making stuff that we like, or the people that are you know, our age and older and a little bit younger that grew up with the same kind of shit, you know. Um, I was going to say off the cuff, like maybe you could say Stoko and uh, uh, Brandon Graham. Yeah. They, like Brandon they, Graham and it's like a little weird inventory stuff. And yeah, his comics are often like kind of questy and a little bit video gamey. And, uh, I mean, Stoko as well. Orkstein you know. feels like a Zelda game to me. It, uh, I, I get that. I was going to compare it to, you know, these kind of genres uh, as well, but I would not have picked Zelda out of there. I kind of want to look back on it and think of it like that. Are the, you have any reservations about it? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, it's it's cute. It's fun. I could, uh, I wish, uh, I'm going to say bigger because I feel like it's right about where it needs to be. I just kind of wish people were buying into it more. Like, I feel like it, it's a really great, cute story that's executed really well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think about, like, there's, there's no conversation that it's having with anyone. Like, I feel like it's, maybe it should play up the whole JRPG thing or, like, there's, there's kind of no one that's hurting for this book. To where there's there's never gonna be like a rabid Southern Bastards or uh, Wicked and Divine fan base for this book. Do you know what I mean? I think I understand. Yeah, like it's lacking a like a perspective, like a voice, like a particular voice, like the in the way that certain well, books do. It it I don't know that I'd say that it lacks a voice because I think it is it is a great, well done story, but it lacks that. I don't know that that super unique perspective that really takes things from oh this is a nice book and I enjoy it to you know this is great or this changed my life or the thing that will motivate you know sixty thousand people to buy six trades or you know and it blows up from there and it gets a movie or a cartoon or or whatever. Um, I'm not even sure what the sales numbers are on Southern Bastards. Good enough to keep it going. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's getting an AMC series or, you know. It's been optioned, yeah. Yeah. Searching for Diesel on Tumblr has not led me to anything about comic books. Exactly. So it's hard to figure it out. But, uh. You probably could search for Tyson Hess and find it. And I think that might be part of the problem as well i mean it's a cute book and it's probably exactly what he wanted to make and it's good Mm -hmm. i'm not i I don't argue the quality whatsoever yeah i mean i don't know he's probably just going to grow as an artist and storyteller over time and i hope he figures out 
a little bit better formula for a book because this is I don't know. I mean, I would like it to to be something like a, a successful like Avatar the Last Airbender or um I mean, I you know, th- things that the things that it references. It you want good things for it and I feel like it's just going to be that cute book that no one's going to no one's going to look at. No one's going to buy, you know. I don't know. I wonder how his sales are. It's hard to say. I mean, you can look at the Amazon numbers. Yeah. I don't know if that's reflective of anything. It probably at least gives you some idea. It seems to be. It's number 19 in uh, children's manga. Children's books, comics, and graphic novels, manga. Number 82 in uh, science fiction manga. Number 121 Mm -hmm. in science fiction graphic novels. I just wonder um, wonder what that boils down to. It's hard to say. In terms of sales. It's pretty obfuscated. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think book sales, even comic book sales, you know, people just don't buy things and people don't read. And th- well, this is, a- and this is a book that I think is when it, if it's going to do well, it's going to not be in comic book stores. It's going to be in bookstores. You know, a yeah. kid, a kid or a, a parent looking to buy something for their kid will walk by, you know, we'll look through these books in a com- in a bookstore like a Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. or whatever and they'll see this and they'll buy it there. They're, yeah. They, that's and that's like I mean that's all that's why that's like why uh Rainus books, Rain Tugemeyer's books have are doing like do so well. It's not because comic book stores. Of course. You know, they of course she not. sells all her books at bookstores and in Targets and Walmarts. Mhm. So, so like I feel like you know Amazon is probably, you know, a, a good enough judge. I think this book will do fine. Just, and I, I suspect it will find its audience just because it's so good. I, I certainly find it hard to believe that people won't read it. You know? No, it's. Uh, I, it, I don't ever mean to suggest that it's not worth reading because it is. Uh, it's, it's cute as shit. It's fun as hell. I mean, we both like definitely want more. Mm-hmm. You know, I would read as much of this as he would do. Although, I would, I, I would want to see him wrap it up after. I don't know how how many trades of this do you think it would have? Ah, oh, depends. Six, eight. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. This world is pretty expansive. You could easily. I just wouldn't want him to haul off and go one piece on it. I feel like one piece should have oh, wrapped no, up at I, this point. I I always. I I feel like the the rules for a for a. Releasing anything serialized should be the same rules uh, for a just war, in that a just war has a calculated end. Well, I'm I'm glad that we can compare one of my favorite art forms to war. <laughs> Thank you, Winston Churchill. You're welcome. I don't know. It it's it's really good. I I anyone can read this thing. This is it's it's yeah. It's an all quote unquote all ages. Like it's under the so boom box in print. Whatever. Yeah. Like I don't. Uh, you do not have to be a kid to enjoy this. Anyone who likes like. Do you like JRPGs? Do you like Ghibli movies? Do you like all those influences we listed out? Like, I feel like if you like those things, this stuff wears that those influences on its sleeve, and it's it's really, I mean, it's beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, mm-hmm. every page, and accessible has a lot of depth, great world building, great characters. Hard to say, like, yeah, yeah, definitely buy this, definitely go read it. It's really good. Eight dollars on Amazon right now. Uh, least, I paid it. I paid a dollar more for it. I feel ripped off. At least in the U.S., Canadian Amazon, it's nearly twenty. 
Anything else you want to say about it? I don't guess so. All right, folks. That was Diesel Ignition by Tyson Hess. An amazing little book. Definitely recommend it. Next week, we'll be reading volumes one through three of For Akira by Katsu, Katsuhiro Otomo. That's, that's good. I think, by the way, if you're used to saying Akira, that's probably fine. But it is, it is uh, correctly pronounced Akira. But I will not correct you in public for saying Akira. I, I think I even say Akira Toriyama. I don't say Akira Toriyama, but whatever. We'll be reading the first the first half of it next week, one volume two through three, and then we'll do the the second half the week after. But I've never read the manga. I've never read much of it. I uh, it was hard for me to appreciate the insanely superlative draftsmanship and just how crazy Katsuhiro Otomo is. But I'm uh, I'm seriously psyched for this. We don't read a lot of manga, but this is a super choice one that I think we really we're due. We need to do this. Heavily influential. Heavily influential. Uh, I'm I'm excited to read and talk about it. That'll be yeah. next week. That about wrap us up. We. Are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find everything there. Links to our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. To our Twitter, at hbchour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Also, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Subscribe. All that good stuff. Really helps us out. We really appreciate it. It really does get more listeners to find the show. If you want to follow me online, I I'm at Mix Master Serial on the Twitter. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And you can see most of the things you get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, where I'm known as Easy Goodnight, and my Twitter, where I'm Mr. Bad Example, spelled M-R Bad Example. So with that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.